Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your host, Chris Gianta. I might be becoming a bad baseball fan who can't enjoy the romantic things because of advanced statistics. 15 years from now, I want to be on the early baseball committee. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Kern. I literally have the fan graphs hoodie, the baseball reference t-shirt, just repping some stats, you know what I'm saying? It's not necessarily Hall of Fame. It's not necessarily above average, but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio, we're talking baseball. Kind whenever, I'm your host, Chris Gianta. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? Chris, I'm doing well tonight. It was, uh, it was a fun weekend of baseball. Uh, I know it sounds very generic, but this truly was a very good round. Uh, I think Saturday had like four really good games, subjectively, because um, one of them kind of sucked. But uh, <laughs> there's an elephant in the room here. So, Chris, the floor is yours. Yeah, so um, what you may have heard uh, on Friday was me really, really taking a hammer down on the San Diego Padres and me trying to prove a point and saying, you know, in all my other predictions outside of the Mets Padres series, I was kind of like, you know, I was kind of uh, I was kind of mild mannered in my predictions. However, in the Mets Padres ones. I was very adamant about Mets sweeping the Padres. Um, <laughs> you know that blew up in my face. The Padres won the series. Uh, you know, convincingly, I'd say they did it in three. But you know, they won both games that they, they won by six runs. They um, won via shutout. Or no, wait. I guess the Mets did score one in the first game. But yeah, yeah. Um, it garbage. It was a garbage time run. And. What I have to say to that is, you know, I'm a young man in this industry um, trying to get ahead and always the people with the worst takes get the furthest. I mean, That's if right. you just if you just look at first take or Skip and Shannon, um, it's you just constantly see bad take after bad take. However, you know, they're very they're, they try to be very convincing when they start start that take. So, you know, that's just me getting into practice usually. Yeah. I mean, you got to put that on your resume for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. adamantly had the Mets sweeping the Padres like yeah. at the top of your resume. That's what you got to do. That's what you got to do to get ahead yeah. here. Um, But yeah, you know, I was, I was, I feel like a lot of people were down on the Mets and I, and I wanted to be yeah. up on the Mets, but see, the people who were down you- on the Mets ended up being right. Here's where you go with this now is for Dodgers Padres, you pick Padres in three and either you stick with having the worst takes or you're an absolute genius. That's true. Yeah. 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 That's, can, that's how you do it now. I can, I could completely 180 on the Padres. That would be a good <laughs> idea. So, you know what? The Dodgers kind of suck if you really think about it. <laughs> yeah. I know they, they won 111 games, but they, they haven't really won a game good? in over a week. Yeah. <laughs> They have Tyler Anderson as their two starter. Yeah, he's a creative player. He's a yeah. He's <laughs> he was a, on the Pirates last year. He's not real. He's not real. <laughs> Definitely not real. Um, but yeah, you know, and it is funny because we do we are kind of like anti hot take, an anti hot take podcast. I'd say yeah. Like we we kind of try to 
try to stay logical and have reasoning behind all of our predictions or takes. But that one, I, I kind of went off the rails and it and it blew up <laughs> in my face. <laughs> it but, was very entertaining. I'm not going to lie. See, that's the thing. It's like a podcast is entertainment. So I kind of, you know, I yeah. won there. I ended up being wrong, but I was entertaining while I did it. So, hey, I was gonna say, if you're gonna be wrong, be fun and wrong. Yes, yes. And you were you were very fun and wrong. Yes. <laughs> um, I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, yeah, I was boring and just said Mets in three, <laughs> like a low life. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we have a we have a lot of baseball to get into because we not only do we have recaps but we got previews and then we got another four game mm-hmm. tuesday coming up which is lit yeah. um three four game days in a week is is a lot to handle yes but like you know what sometimes you got to rise up to the occasion yes yes it's as and simple it, as that and a four and a four game tuesday is like it's gonna be interesting like you know tuesday there's a lot to manage it's like i guess i guess this week it's the start of the week because of the uh long weekend Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be it's gonna be an adjustment for sure. I don't think there's ever really been a four game Tuesday except maybe 2020, but that doesn't count. That was Wednesday. It was eight game Wednesday, I believe. Well, there was Actually, no. Game. You know what? It would have been it would have been four game Tuesday because I think it was the AL series started on that Tuesday, yeah. and then the Wednesday was eight games, and then Thursday was like whatever remained. Yeah, or in Thursday 2020 there two, were. I guess in 2020 there was literally like six, uh, four game days. <laughs> But, but it was hard it was hard to care also the the D, the division series schedule is so whack this year like the there's an off day between games one and two um yeah well just because i was like oh if there's a four game tuesday there must be a four game wednesday there's not it's just the uh it's just the nl teams and then the al teams are both thursday and then it's both nls and then it could be we could have a four game saturday if neither of the nl series result in sweeps yeah which a four game saturday would be nice um yeah agreed um it it makes a lot of sense because like the mlb wouldn't want straight up zero games on thursday yeah um that would be a failed failed it's also just weird how they waited on like one of them i guess maybe for off day purposes but yeah yeah um so we have a prep sheet. We don't have to go in order of the prep sheet. No. Um, I, I mean, like... I'd rather just talk about Guardians race first to get it over with. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, they played 24 innings and combined they scored four runs. And they um, were all on home runs. And they were all on home runs. One uh, of them, the first one was by Jose Siri. That was literally the only thing that Rays fans had to cheer about on offense the entire series. Like, not only did they not score again, but like... I think they only had like two other plate appearances with Varnison scoring position or something crazy like that. Um, like they did nothing offensively that series. Yeah, yeah, it and it's was, it was that series felt like it went. It's weird because it felt like it went exactly as expected, but more more like that. Like it exceeded expectations of being yes. exactly what we thought it would be. Yeah, it was more it was more Guardians raised than we expected it okay. to be. The Rays did go. They raised went 0 for 6 with the runners in scoring position in game 1. Uh and then in game 2, they they played 15 innings. They had to have more than 6, right? Um 
or maybe that was okay. Maybe it wasn't game two. They went over six. It was yeah, okay. That's what I put. And down. game one, they went over one. They had one. They call that the that was the Yankees in game five against the Rays in twenty twenty. They had one plate appearance with runners in scoring position. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Um. Wow. Yeah. Game Game one. It was it was Bieber McClanahan. Uh, both guys showed up to pitch. Uh, both guys did very well. Bieber mm-hmm. ended up being the winner because he gave up a solo homer instead of a two-run homer. Um, yep. Seven and two-thirds in his pitch, one run, one walk, eight strikeouts. Uh, what should be noted is, you know, eight strikeouts, one walk. That's great. But also on the batted balls, Bieber was giving up the right type of batted balls. He had 17 batted balls against him. 11 were ground balls, which are, you know, 65%, about two-thirds, very good percentage. Of those 17 batted balls, only one line drive. Fantastic. And mm-hmm. uh, an average exit velocity against of 84.3 miles per hour, which is very low. So, um, Yeah, and Jose Siri happened to get him almost twice. He had a 394-foot <laughs> fly ball to center uh, that yeah. was caught at the track. Jose series was Jose Siri was crazy because he had two barrels and then the next day he struck out like four or five times. Yeah. I wrote at the very end of the prep sheet, Jose Siri accounted for 40% of the barrels in this series. <laughs> Cause Yandy Diaz had one. Uh, obviously Oscar Gonzalez had one and then Jose Ramirez had one. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the two run home run in question in game one was Jose Ramirez. It was in the sixth inning right after Siri and uh, it was I didn't it didn't even look gone off the bat, like I was like oh is that yeah. gonna keep going and it did, um, yeah it was a weird one like that yeah. it was you know it was a it was a change up it was a way, um, and yeah it was like oh he hit off it McClanahan yeah it was off McClanahan so it was him hitting righty as well, yeah right um, and you know Jose Ramirez I, I think they had a stat like he pulled like. Yep, that was really the next thing I was going to say. Like, as a right-hander, he never pulls his home runs. Even just in general, but specifically as a right-hander. He never puts his home runs opposite fields as a righty. Yeah, that's what I meant, yeah. He always pulls his home runs. And yeah, Yeah. that one went to right-center as a right-handed batter. Right. And then uh, going Bieber to Classe was crazy. That's that's so sick. Yeah, that's a lethal man. Yeah. Um, Classe did his thing. You know, nothing new there. Um, there was a lot of good symbolism this in this series. I'm 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 sorry to skip to the he- to the end, but uh, do you remember yeah. who gave up we'll the, the walk off home run? Um, wait for the Rays. Is that? Is a curveball? Um, wait, God. <sighs> if I'm asking you this question, who should it be? The the guy who. Who gave up the home run to Oscar Gonzalez? Oh yeah, it was Corey Kluber. It very much was Corey Kluber. Right, yeah. And I mean, don't forget, they traded one inning of Kluber to get Class A. <laughs> Class A pitch, uh, well, more in that series, I guess, than <laughs> than Kluber did for the Rangers. That's so crazy. <clears throat> that is so wild. Oh my god! And yeah, it's not like Kluber has been like an ace since even leaving the rangers he's also. been like he's been pretty good he's been pretty good and this that's year, it yeah this year he had what like a four three six era like a, yeah that sounds about right i was gonna say four three seven yeah 
well price is right action but yeah um, very fitting game two. yeah game two game um, two was was the first thing you see when you enter hell yeah you, you see 39 <laughs> strikeouts right at the gates and it wasn't even like like it to me it didn't even feel like good pitching it was just both these teams suck at hitting yeah it's funny like um yeah this game my experience with this game was funny um yeah by the way if if it's not known um from uh anyone listening to the podcast daniel and i are both uh taken men so i was i was uh out well my girlfriend is a uh, cross-country runner and uh i was at i was at an event this weekend so the game started during the event like right after her race um Mm. and then it then it was like extra innings i went out to lunch with the family after like and that and we left to get lunch (laughs) like two hours after the game started and we went to get you know got lunch ended lunch and then on the ride back, we were listening. I was listening on the radio, and then, and you know, my girlfriend doesn't really know. She she's not uh, a big sports fan, and I was telling her I was a scoreless tie, and she said they shouldn't be they shouldn't be playing professionally if they can't score. And I was in my head, I was like, partially, I'm not really disagreeing with that, but I went I went ahead and said this is good pitching. But I wasn't even 100% sure that that was the case. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, pitching is the strong suit on both of those teams, but it's not that overpowering. Yeah, like, you know, it's not 28 combined innings of scoreless ball. <laughs> Great. Even, even though it was 39 strikeouts, like, it still felt like, what are these offenses doing? Yeah, exactly. Like, like there are pitching performances where I can appreciate the pitching, like those can absolutely exist, but I just did not feel it in this game. It just, yeah, it it didn't feel like that. It just felt like, you know, the Rays strike out a lot. Guardians, I guess, don't strike out a lot, but but they happen to on this day. I also had a funny experience with this game. Um, I was at my best friend's house. I went home for this weekend, um, because it's a long weekend, so I haven't seen my best friend, uh, from my hometown in a month and a half. So I mm-hmm. I drove forty I drove forty five minutes up to his house. And I had the the game on the radio the whole time. And I left in the ninth inning thinking, and, you know, and so I told him I was going to leave uh, at 3.15 to, you know, get there. And I was hoping by that point the game would be over, but it was the end of the ninth when I left. And I was like, whatever, I'll just watch, I'll just listen to the radio. It'll be over by the time I get there. <laughs> and, then it, and then it wasn't over by the time I got there. Not even close. It was the end of the 12th when I got there. And there was three more innings of baseball to watch. Didn't you and have a tweet? Like, didn't you have a tweet saying that like we should make an exception for the ghost runner? Yes, and I stand by that. <laughs> <laughs> like it felt like it, we needed it on third at at some points. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's like yeah. give us bases loaded, no out, because that's the only way someone has a chance. <laughs> the Guardians even had that in the game, and they didn't yeah. score. It was yeah. the sixth inning. I think it was uh. It was after Glasnow left. It must have been, you know, Pete Fairbanks had a bad outing. And then who came in? Oh, it was Jason Adam. Jason Adam came in, got Jose Ramirez a strikeout, and then you got Josh Naylor to ground into a double play. Yeah, which is, you know, um, I guess that transitions and, into the into the big moments of this game and where the Rays could have scored. Uh, 
similarly with what your girlfriend said my best friend also isn't a huge baseball fan and he was like how are these guys in major league baseball if not if none of them can score <laughs> i was like you know that's a great question but it, it goes a lot deeper than that yeah it'd and be funny finally spongebob oscar gonzalez walked yeah. it off my girlfriend <laughs> just my girlfriend's just like you know Jose Siri and his 33% strikeout rate should be in the minors right now. He should not be facing off against Trevor Stephon. To be right fair, now. he was literally the Rays' whole offense that series. That's true. Yeah. But <laughs> the game two, it showed why he had a 607 OPS this year. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, so um, go, so... Go, go into the big moment. What were you going to say? I mean, this. The game was 15 innings long. Uh, it I believe it ran for like four hours and 45 minutes or something like that. Yeah, which isn't the, bad. Uh, for the Mariners, the Mariners Blue Jays game, which started four hours later, was in like the third inning when it ended. Yeah, and that was, was funny because I was like, oh, it ended around five actually. It was funny because I was I was looking at the schedule for that day and I was like. Okay, so there's a game at twelve and a game at four. That means there's gonna be some, you know, some in between time. That's probably when I can go up to my friend's house. Yeah. There was no dead time at all. Yeah. Yeah. Not a second. <laughs> Not a single moment. Um. So going to the pivotal points of the game. By the way, yeah, I think you said raise over six with Thunder's scoring position in game two. Uh, top of the tenth. There was a man on second, one out. Um. This is this. There was a little babippery uh, going against yeah. the Rays. There were two consecutive hard hit balls, which means ninety five plus mile per hour exit velocity, with expected batting averages of four thirty and seven sixty respectively, and both were outs. The seven sixty expected batting average was when line drive to Miles Straw. Yeah, line drive to Miles Straw. I forget who hit it, but uh, Mejia Francisco Mejia. Oh, that's right. Because I was like, oh my god, what if he's the hero? Yeah. Yeah. Um, was. Oh yeah, Mejia formerly in the Cleveland system. Oh yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about that. And he he got, um, yeah, he got traded he for like Brad a... Hand. <laughs> Who got traded for? Did he get traded from the from Cleveland to anyone? Probably not. Not that I can think of. Um, where was that? Where was the next place he went? Was it the Nationals? Yeah. No, maybe it wasn't because he did. He played for three teams in 2021. It was either the, I think it was the Nationals. Um, yeah. So I can't imagine. Blue Jays. But yeah. He, he was awful with the Blue Jays, decent with the Mets. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mejia, so Mejia, he also Mejia. had a 40 game hit streak in the minors one year, something like that. Yeah. Mejia was, yeah, he was a, he was a top, top prospect. And he, was he got traded for Brad Hand to the Padres and then. He wasn't great with the Padres, and then they traded him to Tampa Bay. And he's been decent with Tampa Bay. By the way, if you're wondering about uh, my low voice and if you're watching the video episode, my, my laid-back attitude, it's uh, 11.55 p.m., and I'm trying yeah. not to wake up my roommates. <laughs> As... Just go to the second floor. No one's at home. Um, Nico's here. Uh, okay. Shout yeah, you to... can wake him. Who cares? Yeah, plus he's he's either dead asleep he's or wide awake. He's definitely not asleep. I can <laughs> promise you he's wide awake and will be for the next like three hours. Well, depending on whatever he's uh dabbled in tonight. 
That's it could valid. it could be. I don't a different... know if we're cutting this or not. No, no. Shout out to Nico Fisella. Uh, yeah. Five time guest. Yeah, something like that. Somewhere around there. I think we've lost count. That's how he's he's you know how how many drafts have we had? Three. Three drafts and then three he's drafts on... plus I think four. Right. Well, twenty twelve. Uh, Red Sox. Um. Yeah, segment. that was the fourth. And then uh, he guessed how about that. Oh, that's right. We did do that. Yeah, that yeah. was in the Cape. Okay, uh, so five-time guest, yeah. Five-time guest. Um, and uh, we, we, him, uh, David Kilburn, and Nick Strelazzi and I all went to the past game today. Kind of yeah. fell, not to get too off topic, but kind of fell right into my lap that I had the Pats game and I didn't miss any baseball during it. I know. Big, big day. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, top of the 12th in game two of Guardians Rays, big play by Joe Ram. Yeah, it reminded me of that like famous Manny Machado play at Yankee Stadium from 2013, where he like he bobbled yeah. the ball out of bounds, picked it or wow, out of, I can't believe I just said out of bounds in baseball uh, in foul territory, picked it up throughout Manuel Margot. Uh, beat him by like half a step and the Rays would have scored on that play. And that would have been game. Um, Yeah. Well, yeah, well, they would have, there's men on the Hypothetically, corners. they shut him down in the bottom of the 12th. Um, yeah. But yeah, top of, yeah, top of the 12th, first and third, two out, Manuel Margot's at the plate. And yeah, uh, Jose Ramirez backhands a ball kind of as he's still fielding, as he's like, still gathering himself um throws it off balance across the diamond uh one hop to josh naylor naylor scoops it and stretches um they review and there was no evidence that his foot was really off the bag i think he might have had one spike on it um and the call stands game remains a tie and then top of the 15th the Rays have another opportunity. They had first and third, one out. Sam Hench is on the mound, and uh, but he struck out Francisco struck Mejia out. and Jose Siri back to back. Yep. And then uh, I wasn't even. Yeah, I know. I just mentioned this the last show, but like those moments where you're not even considering a possible outcome, because when Mejia came up, I was like, "This is the easiest grounded to double play I've ever seen." And then I was like, "Oh, that's right, he struck out." <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, he you can, can also do not that. hit the ball. He can also not hit the ball like thirty-five other batters have done this game. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, Sam Hentges, you, you know, he, he buckled down, got those two strikeouts, and then uh, Oscar Gonzalez mercif- mercifully ends this game for us. Thank God. Only justified way that could have that game could have ended, like Oscar Gonzalez coming up to the SpongeBob theme song, uh, yeah. walking it off. <laughs> Yeah, that, that would have been was... the worst. If if this were the NFL, that would have been the worst Nickelodeon <laughs> game ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to be fair, the one like famous one was already pretty bad. The one yeah. where, where Mitch Trubisky got the MVP, <laughs> even though his team lost. It was a twenty-eight to ten game. It was it was a fan vote, and everyone just spammed the, the losing quarterback, who was also mediocre at best to begin with. And it. And it ended how it should have. It ended with a, <laughs> with a with a touchdown that didn't matter. 
<laughs> by Jimmy Graham, who literally walked out of the who walked into the locker room after scoring the touchdown, didn't even <laughs> shake hands. But sorry, this is a baseball podcast, but that's just a funny, really funny game. <laughs> I wish, I wish that was a Nickelodeon game. Like, oh, MLB, MLB adopted that. MLB's finally promoting. They got, they got a playoff game. Oh, it's. <laughs> oh, it's Guardians Rays with thirty nine strikeouts. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. That would be MLB's um, luck. Playoff Randy did not show up in this series, which was very disappointing. Yeah. Well, um. Neither did neither did Wander Franco or just about the entire Rays lineup. Well, yeah. What were what was the Rays? Up. What were their what was their slash line in this series? Yeah, I didn't. Uh, we're looking that. at a good. Hang on. Consult in the day. We're looking at a good one one fifteen one seventy nine one fifty four three thirty two. That is brutal. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> Isaac Paredes led the way by going two for three with a walk. Yeah, good on him. Yeah, Vidal Bruhan uh went one for two. Jose yeah. Siri had the had the third best OPS going one for nine with a homer. <laughs> oh literally 111, 111, 444, 556. Um so, yeah. Randy Randy Rosarena went uh one for nine with a walk, five, five strikeouts. strikeouts. Gandhi Rays, Diaz one for ten, four strikeouts. Yeah, the Rays only had one extra base hit. Um, and it was the it was the Siri home run. Yep. I'm glad that the Rays at least scored first, so the Rays fans had something to cheer about this series offensively. That's true. Even yeah. though it was just a solo home run in the sixth inning to make it one nothing. Yeah, I mean when, when uh, also it was funny because um, yeah, we were we were also watching Guardians Rays game one in my room, and then I had a. At a one thirty class, I had to go to, and literally <laughs> it was also on like the, the sixth inning when you left. Literally on the walk, um, on the walk to the class, a quarter of this of the series' runs were scored. <laughs> <laughs> uh, half the series' runs were scored on one swing by Jose Ramirez. Yeah, later. were you able to catch that one? Uh, I did see that one. Yes. Okay. Good, thank, good. thank goodness, as we were talking yeah. about Doctor Jekyll and Hyde, um, which right, is yeah. a, in which is class. a, in in gothic literature, um, so yeah, I mean, we'll we'll get into Guardians Yankees, um, eventually. Uh, yes, we will. Do we want to talk about Cardinals Phillies? Yeah, I I feel like we do have some closing words on Rays Guardians. Um. Yeah. The Rays are in a very weird spot right now because they took a major step back. I know that the injuries pretty hurt them pretty badly during the season. But how I mean, like for a team that won a hundred games last year, I, I wouldn't really have even placed big expectations on them if their guys were healthy this year. Yeah. Um they're not necessarily losing anyone, but it really feels like they're not competing with this core. Like they need to add something, someone. Yeah, that's what's no, like about. it doesn't like it doesn't. I mean, obviously, Wander Franco is the biggest piece right now. Like, he didn't have a good year both on the field and also he happened to be hurt as well. You know, you're obviously counting on him to be the cornerstone bat that you paid him to be. Um, but right now, you really just don't have one. You have a bunch of six hitters in your lineup, and that's not going to do you well in the playoffs. 
That's right. also not the that's also not the team that the Rays had in like 2020 and 21 where they were a legitimate World Series contender. Yeah, that's what sucks about them being small market because they do have young pieces like uh Wander Franco. They got Shane McClanahan, I mean, took a big step up mm-hmm. this year. He was fantastic and yes. it was good. He was He's he was good in the playoff contender. game. And then um you know, Tyler Glass now coming back and being healthy is a great sign for them. He's still young and he's still got and some And they signed him to a one-year extension too. Yeah. Um and uh and yeah, so I mean they've they've got some pieces. I think it's just I think to be honest, a lot of it has to do with like Brandon Lau. He yep. was injured a lot this year. You know, that's a guy who had 39 home runs last year. Um, you know, nothing to nothing to forget there. But he was injured a lot, and when he was healthy, he wasn't really performing. So that was a big loss for them. Um, the team, the team ISO went around thirty, went down by around thirty five points from last year. It yeah. was a pretty devastating uh, loss of power, and that's really that's probably the number one thing. Other than injuries, that's the number one thing that you point to when you're thinking about what went wrong with the 2022 Tampa Bay Rays. Right, and it's funny if you look back to our, um, our baseball stats episode that we did episode 169 iso actually had a higher correlation in in 2021 in the american league iso had a higher correlation with runs scored than batting average so i mean that's you know having a big drop and the rays have never been a batting average team anyway right yeah they've definitely relied on power they've they, but they, they struck out away. the most in like 2020 and 21. Yeah, they haven't stayed away from strikeouts. That was going to be my next point. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, uh, yeah, they're in a, they they're in a weird spot. But I feel like they're always in a weird spot. They're never like, I don't. I feel like they're rarely yeah. in like a in like a, um, in a win in any specific window. Yep. because of how small market they are. But part of the weirdness in their spot right now is their farm system is not what it was two years ago. Like they're not anywhere near being the number one farm system in the league. They're like bottom True. tier right now, I believe. Um, like yeah. Who are their, like Taj Bradley, I think his name is. Yeah. Is number one prospect who's you saw in person this year. So, uh, I mean, what's the official report? He got lit up, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. that was just one game. Yeah. Yeah, he gave up like five runs. Um, yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah, I saw N. Manuel Valdez get an opposite field home run. I saw Tristan Cassis hit a laser of a double. Um, but yeah, I mean that's just one game. Um, but yeah, what am I thinking about? Um, yeah, the Rays are in a weird spot, and yeah, the them having a bad farm system is also a bad sign. So like. I don't know. I mean, any it any feels like it, the window's closing. Any raised trade rumor is never going to surprise me. So, who knows? As yeah, I mean, this could be a completely new look team come next year. Yeah, like you know, I they... think I think the only safe bets might be, uh, McClanahan, Glassnow, Franco, and I guess probably a Rosarena. Um, I wouldn't even be like uh. Let me let me take a double check here. Um, I wouldn't even say place a safe bet on Tyler Glass now. Yeah, that's I guess that's a good point. I mean, I don't know. I guess since they 
extended him. Maybe that's just oh. to up his own value. Like they traded Snell and you know, like Glasnow is he's just finished his tw- age twenty eight season. It's weird because we're still waiting to see it out of him in a full year. Uh yeah, that's true. Very unfortunate that twenty twenty one ended like it did. Because mm-hmm. he was he was on track to be a you know he you was know, a Cy Young candidate, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um. So yeah, they're in a they're that's in a weird the spot. Um, Cardinals Phillies, they were that was kind of like. If if Guardians Rays didn't happen, that would have been that would have been that would have gotten a lot more attention for just being a bad series. <laughs> yeah. Other than outside of one inning. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um weird series. Um interesting stats in the series also with with the stack cast angle. Um but um but yeah, the Cardinals had a 484 OPS in the series and only one extra base hit. However, the Cardinals also had a 231 slugging, but a 439 expected slugging, which is a 200 point difference or 208 if you want to get technical. And the Cardinals had two barrels that were both outs. Um, all right. What, what do we want to get into first with the Cardinals Philly series? Um, I mean, there was no offense in this one until the seventh inning of game one when Juan Yepes hit a big two-run homer. Yeah. Um, also, side note, hearing Michael Kay announce another team's game, so weird. Yes. That true. that felt so not right. Yeah. Yeah. It was very funny, though, because I did see a tweet where it was like, uh, I didn't actually catch this specific moment, but someone goes, just turned on the Cardinals Phillies game and heard, and the thing about the Yankees and George Steinbrenner, dot dot dot, <laughs> which makes so much sense. Yeah, because it was him and A Rod. Yeah, are we? Yeah, we're not that surprised there. One of the one of the biggest like pissed off moments I've ever had in baseball was, uh, if you go back and watch the last out of the 2017 World Series with the Astros. Right before the last pitch, uh, John Smoltz is talking about Gary Sanchez. Wow. Uh, like, wait. not in this series, because they were talking about Brian McCann and, like, mm-hmm. how he had previously been with the Yankees and, you know, big moment for him. He's finally getting his first ring. And it's like, yeah, you know, he had that starting role in New York, but he was kicked out because of the Sanchez success. Here's the ground ball. This should do it. The Houston Astros are world champions. Huh. <laughs> I swear to God, that's the actual call. If you go like while Charlie Morton is in the windup, you hear because of the Sanchez success. Wow. Yeah. Like why that that I'll never forgive that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Not even my World Series, not even my team's championship, but really the Yankees had to find their way into the into the World Series call for another team in a series they weren't even in. Yeah. And <laughs> Yeah, um, with, like if with you're, two if out, you're watch, with two in the World Series, you gotta watch. parse your words, no doubt. Yeah, seriously, like you gotta be better than that, right? Or even just like one out in the World Series with a man on, even yeah. if it's a guy on third, you gotta prepare yourself for the unlikely double play. Like you gotta get ready for that last out. Yes, yes. 
So yeah, not a lot of not a lot of offense in this in this Phillies Cardinals uh series. Um I, what I'll say is Zach Wheeler interesting interesting day. Like if you just look at him not allowing runs, you could be like great performance by Zach Wheeler, you know, 6 and a third, no runs, two hits allowed. Uh only had four strikeouts, which is, you know, a little low for Wheeler. Uh the Phillies or the Cardinals were two for 17 on balls in play against Wheeler, um, which is very low BABIP numbers. And they had two barrels against Wheeler that were both outs. Uh, and that contributes to Wheeler having a 100 slugging against, but a 509 expected slugging against. So, you know, layman's terms, Wheeler, Wheeler got a little lucky. Otherwise, like very good outing, you know, F4 wise. I said it was definitely a point three. A point three? Six and a third, like six and a third with a good strikeout to walk ratio and no home runs. Yeah, I would say so. It was a good strikeout to walk ratio, but strikeout minus walk rate. But no, no, I know that. But also, like, F4 doesn't really care that much if you don't strike out a ton of people as long as you strike out much more people than you walk. All right. Okay. Especially especially if you go that deep into a game with no home runs allowed. Yeah. All right. Um that's why I said it was a point three. All right. I, I don't um, know if you noticed, but in the prep sheet, I every time you listed like an outing, I, I threw in my, my fan graphs prediction. No, I, I'm I'm looking I'm looking right at it. Yeah. Um <laughs> Jose Quintana... next, to the, next to next to Bieber's I wrote point two energy. <laughs> Very funny. uh jose quintana um on the other end he was the starter for the cardinals and it worked out great for them uh solid move putting him number one he went five and a third scoreless he had 15 batted balls against and only two were in the sweet spot if it was an average day for like an average pitcher there would have been about five in the sweet spot with 15 batted balls because the league average sweet spot percentage is about one out of three and um, should be noted, sweet spot is any batted ball with a launch angle between 8 and 32 degrees. Uh, anything below that is basically a, a easy ground ball or a or a can of corn. Yeah, anything be- yeah, anything below that is is a ground ball. Anything above that is either a fly out or, you know, a high. Unless it's, hit, unless it's like hit hard enough. Yeah, and it's like a yeah. home run that like just barely clears the wall. Yeah, and it's it's not it can't really be a dead center it's, home run. No, it's also just very more often than not an out if it's above thirty three. Yeah, um, and uh, what I also what I wrote down last for game one in the prep sheet was Ryan Helsley WTF. Yeah, what a weird. Uh, he did exit the game with an injury that a lot of people speculated it was fake i'm not gonna comment on if it was or not but the x-rays did come back negative so that's definitely yeah. good x well i mean x-rays i feel like he wasn't breaking any bones up there i could no. see a muscular problem though um there was one injury that was like definitely that was definitely real that a lot of people were saying was fake and i don't remember which one it was yeah i don't know but ryan uh, helsley I don't remember um, which one. He went out. He he was out in the eighth. Oh, inning. it was. I think it was in the Blue Jays series. I don't remember which one. I think it was game two. 
I think. Hold on. I'm trying to memorize. Who who in game two of the Blue Jays series said that they couldn't feel their hand and like their velocity was down by like three miles an hour? Um I think Maybe it was, it was the Guardians Mariners. Rays. I think it was Pete Fairbanks and Guardians Rays. It was Pete Fairbanks and Guardians Rays. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Good call. Yeah, because he said yeah. I can't feel my hand. Um but yeah, Ryan Helsley went out he was out in the eighth. Mm-hmm. Um went out also in the ninth. Uh he had a good eighth inning, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he or no, he was out for the last two outs of the eighth. He got a strikeout looking against Brandon Marsh, pop pop out uh for Kyle Schwarber, goes out for the ninth, um, strikes out Reese Hoskins to start the inning, and then um and then a, a single to Real Muto, and then walk to Harper, walk to Castellanos, hits Alec Bohm uh with a heater to tie or yeah, ties the game or no, makes it two to one. Um, then Helsley comes out, bases loaded, nobody out. Um, ground ball single, uh, for Gene Segura to tie it up. Um, or no, ground ball single to take the lead. It was two to one. It was a two run single. Then Bryson Stott uh hits a ground ball, diving stop by Paul Goldschmidt. Or no, uh. Mm-hmm. What? Well, yeah, was yeah, it was that one, and then he throws it home, not in time, makes it four to two. Uh, then Brandon Marsh hits a ground ball that's a little bit misplayed by Nolan Arenado. Um, it's called a single because it wasn't touched. Uh, makes it five two, and then there was a sack fly to make it six two, and uh, Phillies won. What? What did we? Th- what? What did we think about that inning? First of all, what's up, Alex? Um, second <laughs> of all, it was such a weird inning. Like, I don't know how Gene Segura even hit that ball. Yeah, it it it, it was, was it was um, bizarre. The other one was oh, it was the the play to Arnado, which was ruled a hit for some reason. Um, oh I forget yeah, who was batting? But it was a lefty who hit a chopper down to Arnado. Uh, went just above his glove. He just flat out missed it. Runs yeah, scored. It was, it was Brandon Marsh. It was Marsh, yeah. And Cardinals were just falling apart at that point. It was very weird because I hate to like I hate to bring this into the conversation, but like if you showed me that box score and that inning and covered up the teams, I would have been like, that's a Cardinals Phillies game where the Cardinals scored six in the ninth and the Phillies blew it. At like. Yeah, like even I, if even if you didn't tell me it was Cardinals Phillies pick which side, like that's such a Cardinals win and such a Phillies loss, but the rules were reversed. Yeah, it it was very funny. I I uh, like I text I literally texted you that like the 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 Cardinals pulled the Phillies, literally, and the Phillies pulled the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah, it was wild. Like, you know, it I I've. I associate like over the past couple of years, the, the Cardinals was like good, clean baseball, you know, obviously great defense, but uh, mm-hmm. not the case in that ninth inning. No. Um, And Ryan Helsley, like I haven't really known as a, 
like Ryan Helsley's not really a wild pitcher. He wasn't this year. He no. had two point eight like, walks. Per I don't nine, think of him. I don't associate him with the occasional like meltdown outing, but that's what happened there. Yeah, like Helsley was great this year, and yet only two point eight walks per nine. Only he that was the first battery hit all year. Um, wow. Didn't have, didn't so, have any. Yeah. By the way, any... Alec Baum getting hit by one hundred one, like on the. Like on the arm and just immediately getting up and clapping, I will never understand. Yeah, that's that's like a, how right how there. do you do that? How do you get hit by over a hundred miles an hour and immediately get hype? Like not even a second did he be like, "Ow, that hurt." Yeah, you know, like yeah. there there are many things that Major League Baseball players do that just cannot be done by the common man or woman, for that matter. Um. But the, the one thing that I will never understand is how you can possibly get hit by a pitch that fast and get excited about it on immediate reaction. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess like when you just are a big league player, I just I guess you just get kind of used to it. Like if I got if I got hit by a Ryan Housley fastball, even in like let's say it was bases loaded, like two out. Game seven of the World Series, bottom of the ninth tie game, and I just walked off the World Series by getting hit by a pitch. I would be like screaming, crying on the ground for five minutes before I walked to first base. Yeah, I could, I could not hide that pain. Yeah, no. It's it would be hard. I would, you would need to like wheel me down to first base <laughs> so I can win the game. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Um. Yeah, it's uh, and it doesn't. It doesn't even matter where I get hit. Like if I got hit right. on the back, the leg, the arm, face, like no even like place. the foot, no, like I would, I would play dead on the field. Yeah, no good place there. No good place. Um, so yeah, that was that was tough. And then we go to game two, where uh, the Bryce Phillies win two shot. Phillies win two to nothing. Um, Cardinals, uh. You know, they had their opportunities, but never came through. The, with runners in scoring position, they were 0 for 7 with four strikeouts. Um, four strikeouts are definitely notable in, within runners with scoring runners in scoring position situations because, you know, yeah. obviously you can move guys over. Um, Aaron Nola, six and two thirds, scoreless, one walk, six strikeouts. Um, and uh nola had a 167 slugging against and a 370 expected slugging against so you know there were some probably some hard hit fly balls that were just hit to the right spots uh from a phillies perspective um and a key moment probably the key moment that really just broke the cardinals here was bottom of the eighth it was first and second there was one out and paul goldschmidt and nolan arenado were back to back and uh, they both went up and struck out uh, against Sir Anthony Dominguez. And yeah, um, uh, Zach Eflin closed it out. And uh, yeah, Phillies move on. Yeah, the Phillies or the Cardinals did uh, fight a little bit in the ninth. I know Yadier Molina came up uh, as the last out. And he ended up getting a single before. Um, I think it was Tommy had been popped out in foul territory. So the Cardinals did, you know, have a little bit of life at the end of that series. Chris, you're muted. I don't know if you know that, but um. Yeah, I know. Okay. Um, 
Yep. Okay. Fair enough. House shenanigans happening. Um. Yeah, I love. I love. Every yeah, week I mean the Phillies. Here. You know, you can say all you want about how the Phillies got lucky and whatnot, but like they got the job done. You know, like the pitching was solid. Bullpen came in and did its job amazingly. I uh, I don't believe. Like, did Wheeler give up the home run to uh, Yepes, or was that Alvarado? That was Alvarado, and Alvarado okay. walked the guy to to put him on. Okay, so the Phillies bullpen gave up two runs that series, and they ended up not mattering, which is excellent. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That was that was a surprising thing. You know, I expected the the Cardinals bullpen to fully outclass the Phillies bullpen. Like, if it was mm-hmm. a situation where the Cardinals were ahead or it was a tie game late in the game. Cardinals were going to take that every time, but not the case. Uh, you know, not what I expected. And Cardinals came or uh, Phillies came through for sure. And it, I, I get, I definitely get more confidence from the Phillies as they keep going along, and uh, you know, advancing. Yeah, I the Phillies are going to be playing the Braves. We'll get into that later, but. You know, they all the things that we were skeptical about, they did they did right. And then the things that we knew they could do right, uh, they did when they needed to, especially in that ninth inning. Um yeah, yeah, for sure. Um yeah, I mean I mean kind of the Cardinals just kind of I feel yeah. I feel like I almost feel like the Cardinals lost this one more than the Phillies won it. It's crazy because I said uh, I see two types of things happening. The Phillies beat the Cardinals or the Phillies beat themselves. The Cardinals ended up beating themselves, which is yeah. not what I expected at all. Yes. that That's probably the main takeaway from this series. Maybe, you know, maybe you take that into consideration with the Phillies Braves series. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it gave the Phillies momentum to excel into the Braves series. We'll obviously get into that later, but, you know, that can be interpreted many ways because it certainly was not expected. Yeah, like, not what I expected. The Phillies played some pretty, you know, pretty good, decently clean baseball. It wasn't like anything completely special. Yeah, they they got the outs like they needed. Out. Got the outs they needed, and they they ended up on top. Yeah. Um, Car- Cardinals kind of screwed themselves, um, especially like offensively in that second game, zero for seven. With didn't uh, in scoring position did, with four strikeouts. Didn't Nolan Arnato and Paul Goldschmidt combine to go like one for fifteen? Um, yeah, something like that. Something like yeah, that. That's that's not that can't be happening. To be fair, I mean Arenado did have one of those barrels that was an out. Yeah, but oh, he know. absolutely did. Arenado had like, uh, his like his individual differentiations between slug and expected slug was pretty outrageous. Uh Goldschmidt went over seven with one walk in this series, four strikeouts. That that can't be happening. Yeah, and he was not he was not hot heading into the uh heading into the series either. No, he wasn't. He only yeah, he only had one barrel. Uh er, he sorry, he didn't barrel ball barrel any balls for the last three weeks of the season. Yeah, which is wild. But yeah, Nolan Arenado, um, as we talked about yesterday, had a line out uh, that was that had a six thirty expected batting average, um, with an exit velocity of 96.7 miles per hour. And the day before, I have to look at 
have to search it up again. Um, day before Arenado, uh, he had a, yeah, he had a flyout with a with an 840 expected batting average that was a barrel. Probably would have been out of some ballparks. And then he also had another flyout that uh, traveled 354 feet, uh, had a about a 99 mile per hour exit velocity. Um, so, you know, he was getting some good wood on it. Um, but, you know, he did have one key moment where he could have came through and um, struck out against Sir Anthony Dominguez. Yeah, who's been one of the better Phillies relievers this year. Outstanding all around. And Yeah, good strikeout sure guy. Again. Uh, I, I didn't get pools a strikeout in the eighth inning of that one too. Um, maybe uh maybe to start the inning, but um mm. I I know there was first it and second. Been, yeah. I, I know there was first and second one out, and Goldschmidt and Arenado went down. Okay. Um, sure. So yeah, I mean, with eulogizing the 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 Cardinals, I feel it, like we got to say lot. that for later. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like we can't just talk about Pujols and Molina retiring now because that should be a bigger segment. But yeah, that is how it ends for Albert Pujols and Yadier Molina and possibly Adam Wainwright. Yeah, there's there's which is crazy. It is crazy, and it seems like an abrupt end. But the Cardinals did beat themselves. Yeah, it is. It is a shame that that's how it has to end. Right. Um, I believe I forget who it was, but whoever the seven hitter was for the Cardinals. Uh, oh, it was Corey Dickerson. He got like a bloop hit to left field to bring Molina up. And before that, I was like, oh, my God, imagine if Molina ends his career on deck in the playoffs in an elimination game like that would have sucked so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he did. He did get a hit in his last at bat, which is pretty cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, we can we can dive into their careers a little bit later, but we do still have a lot going on in the baseball world. Uh, Blue Jays Mariners, man. Yeah, wow. Pretty wild. Game one, we can go over a little briefly. That you know, it was kind of, kind of basic. You know, Just... it, uh, yeah, the basic seven run comeback in game two. Well, I'm I'm talking about game. I'm I'm talking game about one. we can just run over game one. Oh yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Um. I missed like most of the offensive action in that game because uh, I I had a funny story with that one. I was doing something uh, that you will be doing next year, Chris. I was going to a a friend of mine's uh, uh, white coat ceremony because they are in the uh, physician's assistant program over here at Springfield College. Yep. Um, And yeah, as I was walking back from that, I noticed it was three nothing Mariners. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I like, what was I doing? I think I, I was still watching Philly's cards. Gotcha. And yeah, it was like, I was like, I won't miss much. This is going to be a pitcher's duel. Three nothing. <laughs> Three nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Quick. I, I I just saw that. Yeah. Because ESPN, like if you were watching one game, you were getting highlights of the other game. And uh, ESPN did that. But yeah, I mean, it was what? A hit by pitch to, was it Frazier? Julio. Julio. Julio with two hit by pitches in that game, I believe. And then, uh, and then Ty France, no, Ty France got out. Eugenio Suarez doubled. Yeah. Eugenio Suarez doubles. Cal Raleigh, two run homer. It's three. Big dumper. Big dumper. Big, big dumper. I love that all of America has to know that nickname now. 
I, yeah, we love that. Um, and then yeah, Luis Castillo, uh, seven and a third scoreless. Yeah. Uh, Five strikeouts. Did you see? I I'm sorry, but I do got to go back to Cal Raleigh for a second. Did you see that clip of Tim Kirchin explaining his nickname? Uh, no, I didn't. So, it just I need you to picture this in Tim Kirchin's voice. Yeah. But he was like, "Yes." Yeah. So I asked. I forget who on the team. He's like, I asked someone so on the team, like where they got that nickname from. And they were like, his butt is just big. That's it. <laughs> we love that. We love that. <laughs> but yeah, Luis Castillo, the guy, the guy, yeah, Kyle Raleigh was catching Luis Castillo, yep. who went seven and a third scoreless, no walks, five strikeouts. Uh, also, like, you know, five strikeouts is kind of low for Castillo, but mm-hmm. when guys were hitting the ball, against castillo it was also like it was not a good result had, he also had like one strikeout to the first like five innings and he picked him up later in the in the outing yeah four I nothing that. game four nothing what was the what was the fourth run um it was i'm gonna see who had the rbi it was if, when I'm, it was another oh it was a raleigh it was a raleigh double I, or no it was another eugenio suarez hit yeah um yep mm-hmm so Castillo, and when guys were hitting the ball against Castillo, it wasn't a good result. He had twenty-two batted balls, four of them were hard hit, which is eighteen point two percent. The heart, the league-wide hard hit rate is usually like between like thirty-five and thirty-eight percent. So the hard hit rate against Castillo was about half that on uh on Friday. So you know, even even without the strikeouts, it was a it was a pretty dominant performance given the weak context was. he was inducing. There was, uh, there was, however, one barrel in the game, and it was a Danny Jansen three hundred eighty foot flyout. Yeah, right. Yeah, so there was that. There was that. But yeah, Castillo was holding it down. He had good stuff. His fastball was flying out of his hand. Uh, like lots of, lots of high velocity 98, 99, 100, 101. Um, and he looked just looked great, just aesthetically. Um, game two was crazy. Yeah, I uh, I was uh, once again at my best friend's house, and I was like kind of periodically checking in because I was out to dinner with him, and I was like, oh, this game's seven to one. I can stop checking. Yeah, that happens sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I had I had the old contemplation of like. You know, I haven't played MLB the show in a while. And, I, and once it hit 8 1, I was like, maybe I should, maybe I should put on the old console. You know, it's a, we got like an hour and a half before um, Mets Padres. It'll be perfect timing. But, you know, I, I wanted to watch the top of the sixth. And then I think, yeah, Santana hit a home run. It was 8 to 5. So I was like, you know what? I'll keep, I'll keep the game on. And yeah, I mean, just a real, you know, you could look at it two ways, you know, Mariners offense just came out, came back, which is, you know, one of the right answers. And the other right answer is Blue Jays bullpen Anthony Bass. blew up. Yeah. Anthony Bass. Yeah. Three hits. At... Literally did not record an out three runs. Yeah. Pretty tough. Yeah. Infinite. I believe his career postseason ERA is infinite. Um. Yeah. Oh no, he no, he's not. He did pitch in the wild card series in 2020. Yes, in the fake he one. threw a, a scoreless one inning with two walks and no strikeouts. Or actually, no one strikeout. Right, 
And so, and also, I mean, I guess should be noted is like the Mariners did have, I think, I think it was it two doubles of average, like two doubles with exit velocities below 75 miles per hour, or was it one double in a single? Uh, I don't know. Told. I will yeah. check that. But there was some, there was, there was a little bit be- 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 however. Um, right. Is that the, is that before the Santana home run? Um, after, I think. Oh, after. Suarez um, had, Suarez had like a high double that it literally just landed yeah. in the middle of nowhere and on the field. Um, well, actually, no, because both of the, uh, no, before the Santana home run, both singles hit by the Mariners, uh, had an exit velocity below 75 miles an hour. Um, but Ty France also had one at 106. Uh, however, the expected batting averages, uh, Eugenio Suarez had a 4, 470 expected batting average on his 71.5 mile an hour single. It must have been a bloop. And then Cal Raleigh's single was 74.8, uh, 270 expected batting average. So not exactly as understandable. Still a little bit unlucky, but not outrageous. Um, Yeah, I'm trying to find what I was looking at before. Uh, ninth inning. In the ninth oh, you're inning. talking ninth. JP or no, eighth inning, which was that even relevant? Uh, JP Crawford had a 70.4 mile per hour double. Uh, and eighth inning, Eugenio Suarez had a 79.1 mile per hour uh, exit velocity double that had an expected batting average of 040. Nice. Um, so yeah, there was a little little bit going on but i mean it was a 10-9 ball game so it's gonna happen um it is gonna happen but yeah um it was a the, fun game yeah it was a great game uh the only thing that was not fun about it was was george springer um getting hurt that was yeah, just that was a, a you know a, colli- a collision play um with boba who fortunately looked to be fine um obviously three runs scored on that play oh yeah that was the jp crawford double that was yeah that was that i mean that it tied the game like it was it was literally bases loaded two outs after it was bases loaded no outs carlos santana and dylan moore both struck out um and then first pitch jp crawford hits one like a bloop to shallow center um and then it lands just in front of springer who collides with bichette three run score because they were going on contact and springer's hurt yeah that was unfortunate but obviously a crazy moment in the game yeah, very unfortunate. Very unfortunate. And uh yeah, uh, you know, we hope George Springer well. You know, unfortunately he's run into some injuries over the past few years and and yeah, that yeah. sucks. And this one didn't look good. But I mean, I guess the silver lining is luckily he'll have a lot of time to recover and hopefully yeah. he'll be good. Um Yeah. Hey, I, I have a feeling he'll be good for uh spring training next year. Yeah. Um so yeah, I mean the per, to to put it into perspective, I was the I think the one of the things I was concerned about with the Mariners and why um I didn't have them winning any games in this series, by the way, one of one of my other bad takes was uh you know, I didn't like the Mariners offense. However, they really came through when they needed to. Um, they provided definitely enough offense for Luis Castillo 
You know, Alec Manoa, by the way, Alec Manoa in his previous eight starts had a one flat ERA, flat one ERA uh, in his previous eight starts heading into the series. And then, you know, the Mariners go out and, and hit th- and get three runs in the first inning against him. You know, sometimes that's, that's just how it is. As you know, like sometimes stuff just doesn't make sense. It's just good offensive performance by the Mariners. Uh, they got the runs when they needed to. They scored 10 uh, in game two um, on a day when Kevin Gossman was starting, who, you know, he was looking good. And he good. still pitched pretty well by all accounts. Yeah, he did pitch pretty it? well. Uh, five and two thirds, four earned runs. Uh, very, very good. Uh, strikeout to walk one walk seven strikeouts no home but also, also it's a those things are weird because it's like a weird mm-hmm. four runs because you know if tim Mesa doesn't give up a three-run home run it's one earned run yeah so exactly exactly or, or no like two earned runs when you when kevin yeah. gosman left that game the the consensus was he's pitched well enough for the blue jays to win this exactly exactly and it Blew up. I meant to say two earned runs there. Um, yeah. So, yeah, uh, you know. Um, yeah, the Marin- Mariners offense, I have a little more confidence in now. Uh, they they really proved me wrong. I thought the Blue Jays had the momentum. I thought they had the talent. And I thought they had the home field advantage. But uh, Seattle killed all that. And, man. They also, they also hit when it mattered most. Like they, you know, the three run double by JP, the the double by Adam Frazier in the ninth, the three run homer by Santana. I believe that was with two outs in the inning. Yeah, like they got they got the hits when they needed to, and they got and they made them big. Yeah, for sure. Like they and then they shut out the Blue Jays in game one, which is wild. Um, George Kirby as closer was pretty cool too. True. Yeah. Like yeah. as if that bullpen couldn't get any better. They're just like, let me add a starter, like our four starter <laughs> that just. You know, our, our really good starter who just happens to be our four because we have three better guys uh, yep. that we're just going to put as our closer now, even though we already have plenty. Um, Andres Munoz versus Jackie Bradley Jr. in the eighth inning after George Springer left just, just should not have been allowed. Yeah, not not a not a great matchup. <laughs> yeah. Not, I know not you, te- you texted me that, but I, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it just did not. It did not look like a major league at bat. It just should have been a forfeited out. <laughs> yeah, like instead of holding up the four fingers for <laughs> intentional walk, hold up the three for strikeout. <laughs> Jackie just takes an intentional strikeout. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm good. I'm not trying to face a one o three with movement right now. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, quite the, quite the event there. But yeah, I mean, real real shout out to the Mariners. They earned this one. Yeah, they went out and got it. The like, it's also that kind of win where you you feel like when you win a series that way, like there's no one that you're not beating. You know, true. like you can't like the Astros are objectively better on paper, and they have the momentum, and they had the season series, but you can't just write the Mariners out after seeing what they did against the Blue Jays. Exactly. And like, there's, there's just a, there's just a, a factor there in like, mm-hmm. they went to the Rogers center and beat the blue Jays both times. They faced them in the Rogers center. And that as their first playoff appearance in 21 years too. Yes. 
like, you know, we've been hyping up the potential Mariners playoff series for so long to the point where it really seemed like if they just make the playoffs, that's, you know, that's a memorable season and it's everything we've ever wanted to see out of them. But like, they're, they're here to compete. Yeah. Yeah. Like sometimes I, like, I really did get caught up in the, just seeing them in the postseason is enough. Like that's all I've ever wanted to see out of them. Um, but it's more than that this year, no doubt. Yes. Yes. Um, going back, going back to my point on the Astros, like you can still pick the Astros. I'm not going to fault you for that, but you can't just say, you know, it's going to be a wash. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely some more, I think, I think there are probably more, uh, lopsided series than, than Mariners, uh, Astros here. Um, as we, as we look into it. Um, I would agree. So on to uh, the series I led with. It was a little teaser into our recap of the series where, <laughs> uh, you know, reality hit me, but it's it's my it's my way into the business is how I'll <laughs> uh, justify justify my bad take. Um, yeah. Padres Mets, the only one to go three. So shout out to them to for giving us a game three here. Uh, yeah. A nice winner take all game. Um, so yeah, takeaways from game one specifically. Um, I mean, Max Serger, just what was that? What was that? Yeah, it just that's that's really all you need to think about with game one. You know, like Serger gave up. The only Padres scoring was on home runs, and it was Josh Bell in the first inning. Trent Grisham in the second, and then Jerickson Profar and Manny Machado in the fifth. Four home runs total for seven runs. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't explain that one to you. Uh, although the Mets did win the expected batting average battle. Um, so the Mets basically won that game, and they won the series. So uh, it will be Mets-Dodgers in, in uh, the NLDS. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Um. The one, what I will say is, so I don't know if you caught this, but in the broadcast, um, I, I had, I was watching on, I was watching on my phone on mute, so I didn't know what they were talking about, but they showed Scherzer in the bullpen and it looked like there was like slight grimacing and I don't know if they referenced it, but you know, Scherzer was on the IL, um, a couple weeks ago. And it, I'm looking at the injury and it says nerve irritation, uh, which was like in the spine. Uh, and it did look like his back was a little and, it, you know, maybe he didn't have as much finish on his pitches that he would have liked to. Maybe he was hanging stuff um, that he wouldn't usually have been hanging. Um, but all in all, uh, you know, how how it ended up. He had a very bad performance. Obviously, gave up four home runs, seven runs. Um, Josh Bell, Trent Grisham, Jerickson Profar, and Manny Machado all got him. And uh, yeah, it was not good. A guy who looked, who actually looked good, was uh, you Darvish. Seven yeah. innings, six hits, one run, zero walks, um, four strikeouts. I'm just looking at Max Serger right now, real quick. Um, looking at his player breakdown, it doesn't look like his velo is anywhere like notable like his four of his pitches were down in velocity but it was by one mile an hour or less so nothing to really pop your eyes out at but 
couple interesting th things with spin right here. Both his slider and changeup were over a hundred uh, RPM down from the average of yes. pitches this year. Um, so, so that's that could be something to point at too. Um, his four seamer was only down forty eight RPM, but I guess for a pitch that isn't meant to spin a lot, maybe that is a decent amount. Yeah. So I, yeah, it, like I don't know. I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to get yeah. into that. Um, but you Darvish. Um, you know, seven innings, one run ball. Um, also, you know, he had four strikeouts, so you could say, oh, you know, um, had some good luck with the uh, balls in play. However, the 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 balls were going in the right direction. Uh, you Darvish garnered six pop ups on twenty three batted balls, which is twenty six percent of the batted balls he gave up. The mm -hmm. average pop up rate is uh. I think around seven or eight percent. So having a twenty six percent pop up rate on the night is absolutely mm -hmm. incredible, and th those never land for hits. And he had yeah, that's, 10, that's pretty remarkable. He had ten batted balls against uh, that had forty plus degree launch angles, and wow. all ten of those batted balls landed his outs. Um, so yeah, you know he 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 got great results. You Darvish did. Um, I'm looking at Robert Suarez real quick. This is in game one. His his force, so he threw 20 or he oh he only threw two four seamers. Okay, never mind. Um disregard what I was about to say. Doesn't matter. Um yeah, that Darvish point is interesting though. I'd love to see where that ranks uh in general, like playoff games. So how many batted balls against did he have total? He had 23 total. Damn, that almost that almost uh, gets me to a qualifier. Um Wow. Wow. Only one of only four performances this year with at least 10 batted balls to have a uh, 40 degree launch angle or higher. It was Tristan McKenzie on June 4th of this year. Jose Urquidy on, uh, by the way, that Tristan McKenzie one had 11. Uh, Jose Urquidy on July 8th, Hunter Green on June 6th, and then you Darvish. Mm -hmm. uh, I bet, I wonder if anyone else has done in the postseason uh, in the Stackhouse era. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. That's like, that's is it what a postseason thing. Yeah. Um. Nope. No one else has done it. That's the most forty degree launch angles in a single game in the postseason since two thousand fifteen. Yeah. Shout out to you, Pretty Darvish. Remarkable. Um, um. Darvish was very impressive in that game. Then the the main takeaway was just Sergio Watts. But if he was injured, that does make a little bit more sense. But even still, like, uh, yeah. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot to be said about the way Buck Showalter managed the series. Right. Um, yeah. You know, it felt like he let guys go a little too long, uh, especially yeah. tonight. Like Chris Bassett, you'd probably say could have been taken out earlier. Michael Givens in relief definitely could have been taken out earlier. Um, yeah, it, it did seem like. Like the Buck fact Showalter. that they let two, the fact that they let two guys get on before they brought in Edwin Diaz doesn't make much sense to me. It did seem like. Buck Showalter was managing an, a 1995 playoff game. Yes. For a little bit. Yeah. For, for, like, for a lot of that. Yeah. Serger probably could have been taken out after the second home run. Like, you know, I get that that's a bad look, but he didn't help himself out anymore. And, and like, it's, it's a best of three. Yeah. You know, like, yep. the leash is even shorter and it's short in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's the it's the only 
thing removed from a, a wild card game, you know, the, the one game playoff, uh, you know, the leash is short and you have a lot of guys that can pitch uh, with the Mets. Um, yeah. Game two. I mean, it seems very irrelevant now that, you know, the Padres won this series handily. Um, but how do we want to get into it really? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's not really much to be said about game two other than like Lindor homered, Alonzo homered, like everything that we expected out of the Mets happened in that game, except maybe DeGrom could have been a little bit better, even though he was fine. This series Um, really like I that, really game two play. felt the most like a modern postseason baseball game, like Blake's now throwing 90 pitches in three and a third innings. Uh, the Mets having nine walks in that game. There they uh it was the 56th game in postseason history where a team had nine walks. It was the second such game in Mets postseason history. Yeah, I really did not outlook this series well at all because the one <laughs> I I I I crapped on so many Padres, but I was like Blake Snell, you know, he's he's actually been doing well. I could see him doing well this yeah. year. And yeah. he was he did not. He he was like um, most his of the walk, his walk rate went down crazy in the second half and then but he, had he, six. he he uh he made up for it in <laughs> he made up for his drop in walk rate yeah. with uh with this performance he might have matched his walk rate over that span with yeah. his walk rate in that performance alone yes. um most of the big storylines of this series came in game three yeah because <laughs> yeah i mean let's just let's just cut to the chase and get into ear gate um what a wild turn of events that happened there with joe musgrove how often do you see someone come out to check foreign substances and it's nothing <laughs> well I'm, I'm one for two this year uh in um, seeing it yeah <laughs> i saw it uh in the necbl this uh this season where uh a guy actually did get ejected but yeah, that's a tough look for Buck Showalter and the Mets. It's so funny because it was going viral on Twitter, um, where someone pointed out like his ear, like Musgrove's ear looked a little shiny, and I really want to believe that like the Mets social media like person just ran down to the dugout and was like, "You got to see this, Buck," <laughs> because yeah. they literally the umpires literally checked his ears. Like specifically, like I don't even know if they checked his hand, his glove, his hat. Like, I mean, they very specifically checked his ear. It looked ESPN made those ears look wicked shiny. Yeah, it would be very funny if it was a broadcast thing. Yeah, like it was completely normal. Uh, they yeah, didn't find right. anything, so there's made there's a chance of that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I I'll I'll look I'll look back at the tape and look at all of uh. <laughs> Joe um, starts on part of, part of the this is very stupid part of the tape that people were looking back was like people noticed that he wiped his ear before they came out and it was like oh like he he removed the substance and put it on his hand before they checked him it's like oh so they didn't check his hand at the end of the inning then like they do at the end of every inning yeah, uh, yeah it was silly and Musgrove went seven innings of scoreless ball, one hit allowed, one walk, five strikeouts. Um, you know, as as you yeah. put in the prep sheet, two clean ears. And uh and yeah, I mean, 
just flat, you know, just flat performance from the Mets offensively and and a good you want to say the thing the last thing you put there Yeah. <laughs> oh, the loud. Oh, yeah. I wrote uh, New York Mets, more like the New York Mids. boom you got him there i mean yeah <laughs> they, they just yeah um, the the memes of of Eargate were so good tonight, though. Like the the most popular one was the uh, the magician pulling a quarter from from Musgrove's ear. If if they actually did that, I would have lost my shit, dude. It was so That would funny. have been the greatest thing that ever happened. Like Buck did not like. Imagine Buck did not uh did not ask to check for sticky stuff. It's like yo, pull out the magic trick real quick. That'll throw him off so bad. Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would be less embarrassing for Buck Showalter if that happened. Um, yeah, you know the the Mets just they they didn't they yeah they they didn't look they didn't look very good in this series. Um, I mean, with game one, I think the obvious fingers are going to be pointed to Max Scherzer. However, they only scored one run in that game. So it's Yeah, not like and good Max Scherzer performance was going to change much there. They probably would have lost anyway. Um, and not only that, but in game three, like you know, Bassett didn't have that great of a start, but the Mets got one hit. yeah. It was a it was a Pete Alonso single. That was Right. it. That Yeah. was the whole whole offense for the Mets. Yeah. They went down. They went down with a whimper. There's no other way of putting it. One hundred win team. Hundred and one win team. Uh, that had that led the division for like ninety six percent of the season, and they're out before four teams even start their postseason run. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, and I guess I I guess I really should have brought bought into the narrative of like Of Lowell Mets is coming back. Yeah, like I guess I I guess I should have because yeah, they you know, they they got swept by the Braves and I guess that's I guess that's where it all started. I mean, they They just after laid down and died. after One they thing. got swept by the Braves, I mean, they did they didn't, you know, they they swept the Nats who were, you know, they're not good, but I I guess they didn't lose to them at all. But yeah, I mean, you know, it it just It was they didn't they didn't have exciting games for losses. They just looked Mm -hmm. bad in those losses. Um, one general takeaway that I had from from this round is uh between 2020 and 2022, we've now seen 12 of these best of three wildcard series. There were eight in 2020 and four this year. And out of those 12, only three of them have gone to a decisive third game. That's 25%. It was uh A's White Sox in 2020. Padres Cardinals in 2020 and then Padres Mets this year and I'm really curious as to why that is and I think the 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 best thing that I can think of is that like there's just some sort of psychological defeat after losing game one where it's just like we lost one game and now our season's on the line like that's it Yeah, I think yeah, I think there's there's something there. I think it it really is just personally I think it's just luck of the draw. Like if 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 you have a hundred of these, you know, maybe Mhm. Mm but it's 40, interesting like so 40 many of them go to a you game know so three. many teams that make the playoffs and don't even win a single game. You know, there are plenty of series you can point to where it's like well that team should have at least won one. You know, like I think of the 2020 Twins Astros series where the Astros came into Target Field and swept. I think of 
uh what like the guardians yankees series in 2020 i know they weren't the guardians then but like you know cleveland should have won that second game they didn't i think of uh what else what else do i think of the cubs marlins series like the marlins came in and swept like that's weird Yeah. First, yeah, this year I thought I thought the Blue Jays not winning one was weird. And the Cardinals not winning one. Like Cardinals de yeah, Cardinals definitely should have won game 1 and Blue Jays should have won game 2 this year. Mhm. Mm And and yeah, should have been should have been a few game 3s, but yeah, not the case. yeah. I feel like I should have known Phillies and two was happening after the Cardinals had that ninth inning happen. Oh yeah, I felt Like it. how do you like how do you come back from that with one game left to play before Because your season to be ends? fair, to be fair to me, I did have Cardinals in three, but I did say that the game the Phillies were going to win was game two. So after after the Cardinals lost game one, I was like, yeah, Phillies are taking this. Mm -hmm. They're taking it in two. Um, and yeah, Nola Nola showed up for sure, and uh, they got a you know shout out to Bryce Harper. I don't think we mentioned him, but he had a he had a great home run, and uh, Kyle Schwarber had a sack fly, and those were their runs. Yeah. Yeah. The other general takeaway I had from this round was starting pitching just being so good, except for the best rotation in that group. Um, Like of like of the eight teams that went this weekend on Friday, if I asked you who had the best rotation, you probably would have said the Mets, and I probably would have said the Mets. Yeah. And they're the only starting pitching unit that did not show up as a whole or yeah. really just in any individual capacity. Like, you know, sure, Blake Snell didn't pitch well, but you Darvish and Joe Musgrove both did. Um, yeah you know, Guardians raised that goes without saying. Cardinals Phillies, you could even say that one goes without saying, you know, both pitchers did well. Mariners, Blue Jays, you know, Gosman pitched all right. Uh, Manoa didn't really show up. But then, you know, for the Mariners, uh, Robbie Ray performed kind of as expected, but Luis Castillo was amazing. Yeah. Um, Sarah Lang's former, you know, alum of the show uh, had a tweet. There were five games in this round where a starting pitcher went through seven innings. That only happened four times in the entire 2021 postseason. Yeah, wow. That's Yeah. crazy. Yeah, starting pitching was not a driver of uh, last year's playoffs. No, Um, it's cool to see it come back this year. Like, to, to see a guy go five complete innings in 2021 was like, oh, my God. That's a right. great performance. That is an amazing performance. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, Freed went six in the, uh, in the clincher for the Braves, and we were like, that's a heroic start. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's good for that to come back because I mean it Mm it hmm it's very marketable like Yep. because you know th that's another conversation to have, um, but what we'll get into is a a little preview preview action Yeah. here, um, uh, three of four of these series are intradivisional, um, we got Phillies Braves you know two NLEs teams, you got. Mariners Astros two AL West teams and Dodgers Padres two NL West two uh NL West teams and Guardians Yankees are not interdivisional. We'll start off with Phillies Braves because they are the first game on Tuesday. They're at one p.m. Um, the Braves won the season series eleven to eight. Uh, they only outscore the Phillies eighty to eighty five. Um, so you know it was generally pretty close. Um, you know It's I definitely would. closer than I think a lot of people would have thought.
Yeah, yeah, it was it was competitive because um I think a lot of those games also happened after uh Rob Thompson was uh stepped in. Well, that's Um going to be the case for this series. yes. But I think Um unless the failure just like guess what guys we're bringing back Joe Yeah, for, or for I this guess series. actually actually to be fair, both teams struggled at the same time and both teams did well at the same time. So I guess I'm being Yeah. unfair there. Yeah. Um The Braves uh, have a 78 and 34 record since the start of June. That's the best record in baseball in that span. Um, Yeah. what should be noted also, as of this recording right now, Spencer Strider's status is still undetermined. So that could be a pretty big factor, especially in a shorter series like this. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if Strider is healthy and is brought on for the series, That's a very good sign for the Braves because Spencer Strider against the Phillies this year had a 1.27 ERA and a 43% strikeout rate in 21 That's nuts. innings pitch. That's nuts. It's crazy. Um, and uh, another trend for the Braves, only note I really put down, is uh, Matt Olson in his last nine games. I don't know if this is going to translate after a week off, but Matt Olson is in his last nine games. Uh, his slash line was 375, 447, 969 for a 1416 OPS with six home runs in those nine games. So he's a good guy to watch out for. Uh, what, what, Do we want to just get straight into predictions, or do you have more you want to say? uh, no, do you have anything you want to say about Philly's Braves? Not particularly, no. Um, yeah, We did, uh, we did do a lot. Admittedly, we did do a, a bit of an unfair amount of prep for this series compared to the others, but whatever. Yeah, but also like, you know, you know, we've we've talked a lot about the Braves and we talked a we talked a good bit about the Phillies in our last preview, so you know, makes sense. Um what do you got for this series? I'm gonna go Braves in four. Um, I don't. I don't really have much of a rationale, but I mean Max Freed in that rotation, along with Spencer Strider coming back, uh, Charlie Morton, who has very good playoff experience. I know that he hasn't been great as of late, but you know I still think there's a lot of good reason to believe the Braves can come out on top here. Um, I do think the Phillies will take one game. I guess I'll give them the Morton game whenever that may be. Um, but yeah, I don't really, I don't really know. The Braves are the better team, um, and I think, especially with home runs, you know, I think their offense is going to really come out and play, even against Wheeler-Nola. Um, yeah, that's my pick. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of feeling on track with you. And I think also one of these one of the factors uh heading into um these series is like these the teams that didn't have the buys, you know, they're probably not having their number one starter go uh to start these series, which is, you know, puts the Phillies at a disadvantage because, you know, Yeah. very top heavy rotation with, you know. They got Wheeler, Nola, and then it drops down to Ranger Suarez, and then it's Yeah. like, Suarez freed in game one is going to be tough, and then especially they got in Atlanta. Kyle Gibson after that. Do they even Kyle, throw him probably. out there? Oh, I mean, they probably go Wheeler because that's Friday to Wednesday. Yeah, right, Like that's yeah. that's a that's a fair amount of rest time and Wheeler's a, a workhorse anyway. And there's an off day. So yeah, it'll probably be I mean, I don't know if they have Strider or Morton go game two. You know, I don't know how Strider exactly is feeling, but let's say let's just say it's Strider versus Wheeler game two, and then it's 
Nola versus Morton game three in Philly. That's probably what we're looking at. Yeah, right. Um yeah, I th I think yeah, it, it it's it, for me it's kind of hard to predict this series without um Mm -hmm. without the without, full matchups. without Strider like do we even know if Strider is going to be in this series? Mm -hmm. Um maybe I'll do I know this is very nitpicky but like I'll do a I'll do a with Strider prediction and a Okay. without Strider prediction. <laughs> Um, if it's with Strider, <laughs> uh, Braves in four without Strider, Braves in five, uh, okay. is what I'll say. Um, Yeah. because I think with Strider, for me, no doubt Braves win the first two, um, at home. They got, you know, good home field advantage there. I think, uh, Phillies take game three and then, and then Braves close it out. But, um, but yeah, I think without Strider, going to take them a little longer but i think the Braves still come out on top Yeah. um all right Guardians Yankees is the next series. I'll I'll talk about the notes in this one. yeah go ahead Uh this is the what fifth time that they'll be facing each other in the playoffs since 1997. um uh, this is 97 07 17 20 now 22. trying to do my counting here uh yeah I just counted 5. So That's five. the it's uh It's three to one Yankees Mm in hmm that time. Yep. Or no, is it? No, it's two, two. Sorry. Cause the guardians or Cleveland won in 97 and they won in 07. The Yankees won the last two. Yep. Okay. Yep. So it's two, it's two, two. Uh, this is game five. Um, the Yankees won the series, the season series five to one with a plus 24 run differential in six games. That's a lot. Uh, however, These last these teams last played on July third, and both teams' seasons have been very different since then. Uh, the Guardians are fifty two and thirty four since the last time they played the Yankees, and the Yankees are forty one and forty one. Um, Shane Bieber, of course, faced the Yankees in the twenty twenty postseason. It didn't exactly go well. He pitched four and two thirds innings to the tune of nine hits, seven runs, two walks, seven strikeouts, which is a lot for four and two thirds innings and two home runs. Garrett Cole, on the other hand, seven seven innings, two earned runs, no walks, 13 strikeouts with one home run. Um, so obviously that was a tale of two different starts. They probably won't be facing each other in this series, but um, they'll both be going for sure. Garrett Cole is going game one. That's confirmed. Um, Tristan McKenzie, who's probably going game three, faced the Yankees in 2022, had seven shutout innings with one hit allowed, one walk, seven strikeouts. That was absolutely a point three. Uh, according to fan graphs you could actually look that one up um so i'm sure you're wondering you know who the big players are like what they've done against those teams uh, aaron judge against the guardians in 2022 he hit two of his 62 home runs in only six games slashed uh 235 so he's a 235 hitter so he's not very good unfortunately uh we can move on just kidding uh the rest of the slash line 409 obp 706 slugging for an 11-15 OPS. He had four hits and two of them were homers. Um, Jose Ramirez against the Yankees, very different story. In only five games, he slashed 111-200-167 for a 367 OPS. Um, of course, there is a bit of uh, history with these teams this season. There was the incident with Miles Straw uh, back in April where he 
climbed up the left field wall to yell at some Yankee fans that were shouting some mean words at Stephen Kwan. Um, so, you know, I'm sure the Guardians are going in uh, with a chip on their shoulder just based on that incident alone. Right, right. Um, and in terms of trends, the one thing I put down was uh, Nestor Cortez is coming in with some momentum. Um, I wonder if you, you know, there is probably some weight in like the teams he was facing in the stretch, but in his last four starts, he has a 0.77 ERA and a 1.74 FIP. Uh, he right. faced the Red Sox twice who, you know, usually they have a good lineup, but you know, they haven't been doling out. It just hasn't, hasn't felt like the same Red Sox offense. No, uh, no it hasn't in, been in the last couple months. And he also faced the Pirates and Orioles who were, you know, and that those Orioles were also, you know, well out of the playoff race at that point. Um, the Yankees, you can look at their trend in two ways. You could say, hey, they finished the they finished the year 38 and 40. Not great. But they also finished the year 16 and seven. So like towards the end, you know, they, they were struggling for a little bit. August was a miserable month for them. It was really bad. Yeah, especially on offense. And and a little bit end of July, too. But September, you know, they did face some some easy competition, but they took advantage of it. They finished yeah. 16 and 7. Um, and, you know, very talented roster. Uh, what do you got for predictions? Uh, I got Yankees in three. <laughs> I'm not I'm not sugarcoating this at all. I after watching that series, I don't believe in the Guardians in their ability to face a real team. Uh, yeah, the Yankees. The Yankees absolutely should sweep this series. It should not even be not. You know what? I'll go one step further. I think not only will the Yankees sweep the series, but I think the Guardians will not end a single inning with a lead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, like if they if they scored in the top of the first, I think they're giving up two or one. Yeah, it'll be a tie at least. Do we yeah, I think the Guardians don't end a single inning with a lead. Do we know who the Yankees? game three starter is my guess would be so it's severino it is severino that was announced okay that's not bad um yeah for this one i feel like um i hate to do a verbal meme but um you know those like memes where it's like a full image and then it fades out and it turns into another image Mm -hmm. i think it'll be the 2019 alds I think it's I think it's a Guardians logo and it fades into a Twins logo. Yep. It's, yep. It's 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 uh it's just the generic AL Central team that the Yankees might stomp all over. And yeah. you know, I mean to you know, to the Guardians credit, they have some good starting pitching, they have good bullpen, but I mean that offense just can't compete and the Yankees no. offense is is, you know, it's built much better. Um you know, I I don't think it'll be I don't think the Yankees are going to blow them out every game, but I think the the, the Guardians are just outmatched here. And uh, yeah, I think the Yankees are going to win in three also. Um, yeah. You know, I think, you know, I, I think that's starting. I, th- I think they're starting pitchers, especially Beaver and McKenzie might be able to hold them in check. But um, but I think the Yankees will get some key home runs. Um, and I think uh, Cole and Cortez are going to do well against that you know, very non-powerful Guardians lineup. And yeah. this uh, is and, yeah, this is a we'll trap series for the. This is a trap series for the Yankees before the ALCS. Yep. 
which, you know, if, if they were to lose this series somehow, that's a monumental collapse and failure. But I just, I can't see it happening. So the other ALDS is going to be Mariners-Astros, another, uh, a different intradivisional matchup. Um, Astros won the season series 12-7. Um, but as I recall, a lot of those series happened pretty early in the season when the Mariners were not the Mariners. Yeah, they, they last faced each other before the trade deadline. Yeah. Um, Luis Castillo has faced the Astros once in his career, and it was in 2019. <laughs> um, you, you put down, you know, most of the notes for this one. Do you, so do you want to get into this one as well? I absolutely will. So the Astros did win the season series in this one. Uh, they won it 12 to 7, and they also won six of the last seven games they played against Seattle. Um, but they only had a plus eight run differential. So like Phillies Braves, this one was a little bit closer than you might think. Uh, some of the Astros bats performed as expected. Jordan Alvarez in particular uh, against the Mariners this year slashed 327, 438, 654 for a 1091 OPS. Good for a 10 or a 207 weighted runs created plus. Uh, additionally, Jose Altuve against the Mariners slashed 296, 383, 507, 890 for a 154 weighted runs created plus. Uh, however, the Mariners actually, or the Astro, wait, the Mariners actually held uh, Kyle Tucker in check. Uh, he slashed 206, 296, 302, 597 for a 76 weighted runs created plus. Uh, and on the pitching side, Justin Verlander uh, threw 41 and two thirds innings against the Mariners this year to the tune of a 234 ERA and a 349 FIP. So he did get a little lucky. Uh, one guy who got very unlucky was Framber Valdez, who in 13 and two thirds innings pitched had a 395 ERA and a 180 FIP. Uh, that's a 361 BABIP, so that's tough. On the Mariners' side of things, Ty France raked against the Astros this year, 338, 392, 535, 928 uh, for a 171 weighted runs created plus. J.P. Crawford also raked uh, 284, 392, 358 for a 751 OPS. That was good for a 129 weighted runs created plus. Uh, and just because you're, I'm sure you're wondering, Julio Rodriguez could have been better. Uh, two, 218, 295, 364, 659 for a 95 weighted runs created plus. Uh, getting into the pitching side for the uh, Mariners, Logan Gilbert, who is probably going to start game one, was excellent against the Astros. 25 innings pitched, a 252 ERA, a 271 FIP. George Kirby only threw, only had one game against them. Uh, he threw for four innings. Had a 4.50 ERA, but he did have a 1.11 FIP. His strike after walk numbers were excellent. However, uh, the Mariners are best off leaving Robbie Ray off the playoff roster for now, just for this series, because to say he was bad against the Astros in this year would be an understatement. Uh, he had an ERA above 10 in three starts, in which he had a uh, he had 10 and two thirds innings pitched. 5.9 strikeouts per nine, 5.9 walks per nine, 5.1 home runs per nine. He gave up five home runs per nine. Uh, I mentioned he had an ERA over 10. His FIP was 11.08. He was lucky to have an ERA that <laughs> low, even though he was over 10. Uh, if you want a little perspective, I tweeted this just now. 
Robbie Ray's 2022 was one of two seasons in which a guy had a whip above 2.8 and a home runs per nine above five against any opponent, minimum 10 innings pitched. It's him against the Astros this year. And who could forget 1925 Elmer Jacobs against the Cardinals? He just could not face those Cardinals at all. The yeah, Rod just wants to be led Cardinals. <laughs> uh, Robbie Ray is absolutely dreadful against the Astros. He's probably going to get a start just because, you know, he's a $115 million ace and it looks really bad not to start him. Uh, but I'll I'll hit the Astros over 10 and a half that game. They're going to absolutely destroy him, especially yeah. if he starts in Houston, which he probably won't, but right. that, that's going to be a wash. Yeah, um, but a guy who did uh, actually really good against the Astros this year was um their young gun who's he's got to be going game one right gilbert yeah yeah logan gilbert um, it's very cool that gilbert was supposed to start game three for the Mariners in the blue jay series but he's also a very valid game one starter in this series i, I was about to say that like that's a good Pretty game sick. one option like the guardians are gonna go with playoff series yeah like the guardians are going with cal quantrill in you know the first game that's you know not the greatest matchup with Garrett Cole. The Padres are going to have Mike Clevenger, who was a slightly alarming this year. The Phillies of Ranger Suarez, like a bit of a mismatch. But Logan Gilbert versus Justin Verlander, that's going to be the best matchup in game one by far. Yeah, yeah, very true. Uh, Logan Gilbert, um, he pitched 25, against, 25 innings against the Astros this year. And had a two five two ERA and a two seven one FIP, which is really good considering that um, you know star studded lineup with Jordan Alvarez, Jose Altuve, uh, Kyle Tucker. I, he probably faced Jeremy Pena while he was hot and and performing well offensively as well. Um, you know some some good some really good bats against uh, with with those Astros. Alex Bregman also. Um, how could I forget there? And uh, George Kirby hasn't faced the Astros as much. He had four innings, uh, 4.5 ERA, 111 FIP. So I don't know. Not much to consider there. Uh, what I will say, non-related um, numbers against Astros, uh, just a guy who's coming in red hot is Christian Javier, starter for the Astros. Should be taking the ball game three. I don't know if they announced that. Or, or maybe he's just out of the bullpen. Sometimes they do that. They should have him start. I, I don't yeah, care. They probably should. I know, they, last... I know they had him in the bullpen in the past in the playoffs. Yeah. In his last four starts, 23 scoreless innings, 29 strikeouts, six hits allowed, six walks, and a one three seven FIP in those four starts. Um, He's doing great. He's, this is a breakout season for him. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I really like his numbers. He's a strikeout guy. Um. And I think I'm pretty sure like a very, very big, like pop up high launch angle guy, too. So mm-hmm. why um, why is this series starting at three thirty? That is so stupid. It's going to be a 12 o'clock start in Seattle. Yeah, yeah three thirty seven right. for games one and two. It'll be a night. It'll probably be a night start for game three. I hope it's just not. Why? Like, I don't know. Why I guess it's just not prime that, time. It's so. Um, but anyway, um, all right. Do we, uh, want to predict the series? I want to go Mariners so bad, dude. 
Everyone's rooting for the Mariners. We all I don't know, that. but I, I know, but I also think they have what it takes. Like, don't get me wrong, the Astros are the better team on paper. Um, I I am gonna hand the Mariners an automatic L if they start Robbie Ray. You know, that's mm-hmm. just a no doubter. Um, but you know, Gilbert Verlander, the Ast- the Mariners also just played awfully in Houston, which is why I'm a little reluctant. Mm-hmm. Um man, I'm gonna let you pick first because I need more time to think. Yeah, so I you know. When I don't have a full prediction, I like to talk my way through it. So, yeah. um, yeah, with the Mariners, I mean, obviously everyone's rooting for the Mariners here. Like, a lot of people don't like the Astros because of, you know, I'm not even rooting against the Astros because I'm bitter about 2017. I, you know, I'm over that. I don't really care. Um, but, I mean, you know, they've they've been there a lot. They've been to the World Series three times in five years, and sometimes it's good to see a, a new team and you know the Mariners are the definition of a new team literally their first time in the playoffs in 21 years however um what I see with the Astros is they don't have the same holes that the Blue Jays did uh the Blue Jays obviously not the best bullpen Astros had one of the best bullpens this year Ryan Presley is a very consistent uh arm in the back of that bullpen also had some contributions from some new guys like Rafael Montero and uh, Ryan Stanek having like a one one five ERA this yeah, year. Yeah, Brian Abreu had like the quietest sub two ERA season I've ever seen. Yeah, just some really good quiet contributors out of that Astros bullpen. Hunter Brown coming into that bullpen as a as a prospect. Yeah, um, and you know, obviously as they've always had great lineup up and down and great rotation. I think uh, I'm I'm guessing Lance McCullers might get a start if if he probably if, will. I'm, so it's probably going to be Verlander, Framber Valdez, who like what had the quality start record. Mm-hmm. Um, Verlander, who's going to win Cy Young, probably. It'll um, probably be Framber versus Castillo. And then who you got thought. you got Christian Javier, who literally hasn't given up a run in over twenty three innings. Um, and you know Lance McCullers, who's been looking good. Um, also, this starts in starts at Minute Maid, and if it goes Game Five. It's gonna end in minute made, um. So that's that's what you have. That that's what the Astros have that the you know Blue Jays didn't have, um, and yeah, I I I gotta, I yeah, I have to say, I I'm trying to think of how the, how it starts and ends. It it a lot of it depends on, if Ray pitches in the series or not, of of whether I go Astros in three or Astros in four. But um, yeah um, I might have to go. I love to I love to stomp on a hype train too. <laughs> um, yeah, if Robbie Ray starts Game Three, I might have to go Astros in three here. Um. So yeah, uh, I think I think Astros in three. Wow. Wow. All right. Chris, you only get to live on this earth one time. Yep. You gotta you gotta have fun while you're here. Give me Mariners in five. Yeah. Give me give me the Mariners stealing one in Houston, getting one at home, and then 
you you just find a way in game five. It'll either be Gilbert or Castillo, depending on what they do starting matchups in game four. Um you know, they're gonna they're they're gonna be coming off a game four win because they sure as hell are not winning game three if Ray's taking the ball. Um they're gonna have the momentum coming into Houston. I have no idea how it's gonna happen, but they're just gonna figure it out. Yeah. I got I, I got Mariners in five. Screw it. I think what I think my thing and here's the thing, I don't think that's a like I know I say I said the Astros are winning in three and you said the Mariners are winning this series. I don't think that's a preposterous take that the Mariners could win this series. I, I could very well see it. I just if I said Mariners in three, that'd be outrageous as hell. Yeah, I think the um I think the Mariners are just gonna have trouble scoring run runs in this series. But um, we also thought that going into Toronto. That's true. Um it, it will come down to them getting like the Yeah, I mean obviously the, the Astros are a much different animal than the Blue Jays were. But yeah, it is it is which teams hit with two outs, which teams hit with runners in scoring position. That's what wins you games in the playoffs. Now you look at like I think the Braves last year had like especially against the Dodgers had a crazy amount of hits with two outs, two outs with yeah. runners in scoring position. Like most of the runs were scored with two outs. The Mariners yeah. are that kind of team. They were in Toronto this weekend and they can be against Houston. Yeah, right. Like they they do have the ability to to just have clutch hits and I don't know you get the feeling with that team. For some reason, these are two very different teams. But I'm I'm thinking of like the um. I'm thinking of the Mariners as like the 2020 uh Marlins because I remember mm-hmm. the bottom feeders. I remember, um, they swept the Cubs and. You know, I didn't expect them to sweep the Cubs, and then like they came into a ser- series against the Braves, <laughs> and we were we were, pon- we were pondering <laughs> of like, oh man, Marlins might win this one, and and they got swept by the Braves. <laughs> yeah. and I feel like that it, and it was not even close. Like I couldn't yeah. tell you, I couldn't tell you a single thing that happened in that series other than I got yelled at for watching it in class. <laughs> Shout out to Laura. Of course, it was Laura. I just remember, um, I think the Marlins got out in front and then in game one, and then I think the Braves just took over from there. That um, series was played in Houston. That's the only thing I can tell you about it. That's, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why I'm getting the reminder. Um, all right, now we get into the last series, Dodgers-Padres. Um, yeah, oh, I, did you take I, the notes on this one? I did the notes on this. Uh, Dodgers won the season series 14-5. to they outscored the Padres 109 to 47. The average game was Dodgers 5.7, Padres 2.5. The Padres 2.5 there is wild. Um, notes on the Dodgers trends. The Dodgers finished the year 66 and 23. That's 89 games where they had a 121 pace over 162. Um, and, you know, Dodgers, they literally were 111 and 51 this year and their Pythagorean win loss was 116 and 46 which is unreal uh that level of run production and run prevention at the same time is historic to be quite honest um we could probably get into those numbers after the year ends but um in terms of players specifically against the other team Mookie bets this year against the Padres had a 224 weighted runs created plus 
Justin Turner against the Padres this year had a 188 wager runs created plus. Uh, Josh Bell, um, you know, he didn't spend didn't spend the whole year with the Padres, but as a Padres player, uh, he had a he had an 11 wager runs created plus against the Dodgers in 43 plate appearances. Unfortunately, um, but to put a positive spin for the Padres, um, there are three main starters: Joe Musgrove, Yu Darvish, and Blake Snell. They didn't have bad numbers against LA this year. All of them had ERAs under four, which, you know, is a little harder to do against a lineup like the Dodgers. Uh, you Darvish specifically, he had a 2.52 ERA and a 3.55 FIP against the Dodgers in 2022. And that was a 25 innings pitch, so pretty good sample size. Um, however, on the flip side with the other rotation, Tony Gonsolin, Julio Arias, Clayton Kershaw, and Tyler Anderson all had ERAs under two against the Padres this year. Um, all of them had 10, 10 plus innings against that team. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, also with the Dodgers, what, what you got to love with the Dodgers, Clayton Kershaw is currently healthy. So you got to love that. And he's having a fantastic year. I mean, he, he's looking, he's looking great. He's almost looking like prime Kershaw, except you know, occasionally unhealthy. Uh, what what have you been thinking about the Padres and Dodgers? Have you ever considered, Chris, that Juan Soto has never lost a postseason series? Uh, no, yeah, never, never considered. Never. That. Have you considered that he's one and zero against the Dodgers? Nope. Have you considered the Clayton Kershaw Juan Soto playoff history? No, I haven't. Have you considered the idea of Yu Darvish, already hated by Dodger fans because of his performance in Game 7 of the <laughs> 2017 World Series, giving the fans more reason to not like him? Yeah, I didn't consider that, no. Have you considered how much of a flip of the script it would be if the Padres just found a way to win? Because postseason baseball doesn't make sense. It never does. Yeah. Have you considered the idea that the Padres just go into LA, all odds against them, no reason to actually believe in them, and just come out with a win? Yeah, I mean, hypothetically, that could happen. Anyways, I got Dodgers in three. Right. Yeah. I mean. I mean <laughs> yeah. No, I can't. I, I listen. I, like, if I if I'm wrong on that, you know, I'll be wrong with everybody else. But if I'm wrong on betting the Padres. I'm gonna hate myself. I mean, they they use their three starters. I mean, like, are they gonna play? Put... Like Mike Clevenger is going in game one. Yeah, no, yeah. Come on, come on, guys. Uh, give, um, me, give me a ten nothing Tigers win in game one. So yeah, game <laughs> one's a wash. On the bump. Game um, one's a wash. Game yeah, two. No, that's gonna be a joke. Game two. You know, you got Darvish versus. You got Tyler Anderson out there. Maybe Gonsolin, Kirsch. I don't know. It, here's the thing. The Dodgers could throw out their four starters in any order, and it won't matter. Yeah. Like, I, I will look at the series the same way. Yeah. If they went Anderson game one, Kershaw, Arias, Gonsolin, all four of them have some sort of case to be made. And mm -hmm. I'm not – like, it's not going to change my view of this series. So – this is also a, this is a thing for the Dodgers, but for this series and all other series, you can't just look at the probable pitchers and determine mm -hmm. because the Dodgers have the best lineup, 
They have some of the best defense, and they have they have the best one of the bullpen. best bullpens. Yeah. when Craig Campbell is not on the mound. Their their starting pitching is maybe the worst part of their team, and that's that's not and, knocking their and, starting pitching. It's just because like they don't have like I mean I know that Arias has been great this year, but like he hasn't been dominant great. He's been non peripherally great, I guess. Not yeah, not as much not as much not as much as last year. He still had what like a two one seven ERA this year. Uh, you know yeah. he's still a legitimate ace, but. It doesn't give you that same feel that like Prime Kershaw or even Walker Buehler did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, you know, comparative. Like you, you could definitely compare. You know, Darvish, Musgrove, and uh, Snell, like Snell, to you know Kershaw, Urias, Tyler Anderson. But you you can't compare the Padres defense to the Dodgers defense. You can't compare the uh Padres offense to the Dodgers offense and you can't compare the Padres bullpen to the Dodgers bullpen um so yeah Dodgers and three that sounds right yeah and so anyways I got a I got a Braves Dodgers part four right yeah 2018 2020 2021 2022 yeah um and then I got Mariners Yankees part three yeah i apologize or was it for did they did the mariners and yankees face each other in 2000 yeah i i apologize by the way to all the listeners for well just picking i've picked all home teams so far and it's so Mm -hmm. boring but i have it it would be yankees mariners part four i uh or it would be yankees astros part four yeah I don't know. I've I've been picking the higher seeded team every time, but I just feel like mm-hmm. I feel like I have valid reasons for all of them, not just because they had better yeah. records in the in the during the season. I mean, I I threw in one upset. Yeah, and you know, team of destiny. I I get it. Yeah, I get it. There. Also, like I think everyone who listens to this show knows that I have a soft spot for the Mariners and have for so many years. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. All right. Well, that does it for this episode. It's one fifty-one in the morning. Um, yes, it is. Yeah. I mean, sorry if it seemed a little bit low energy, but you know, especially it, coming off of a great wild card weekend. But you know, this is this is this is yeah. Talking baseball, kind of whenever we're sticking to the name, we're sticking to the brand. Um, we're talking baseball. We were, you know. It is late, but I was very excited to do this. I'm sure you yeah. were as well. Wild card weekend is cool as hell. It is. That's that's so sick. Like four games Friday and Saturday, and then whatever we got left Sunday. Like that's dope. Yeah. And who knows? Like maybe if MLB likes this, they might just end the regular season on a Wednesday every year and yeah. Just start the playoffs like this. Cause I mean, I mean, they, new... they've already announced a 2023 schedule. So unfortunately, it's going to be a wild card week next year, which is going to be difficult. Um, thankfully, we will not be in college for it. So we won't have to worry about balancing school with that. We'll have to worry about hopefully balancing work. <laughs> we'll yeah. know what that looks like come next October. Um, yeah. I'm going to be the yeah. first. I'm going to be the first guy to like three months into employment, ask for a sabbatical. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Just for a month. Yeah. 
Can I go on a month long sabbatical during October? No, this has this has nothing to do with playoff baseball. It's about me finding myself. <laughs> I have a funny story once we log off. <laughs> it's yeah, like similar. no. It, it's funny. Like I, I also like started an internship recently. And I just want to be like, I, I need a sabbatical. <laughs> I can't be covering Mm uh Westfield high high school football right now. -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah, you don't understand Max Serger's pitching. yeah. Um, all right. Well, that does it for this uh Yeah. edition above of Above Replacement Radio. We hope you enjoyed this one. Um If you're listening to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and want to watch the conversation as it happens, you know, I, I've been interesting to watch for sure. You've seen some, maybe a little, maybe a little too much <laughs> leg from maybe Mr. a Keontae. little you know, maybe some movement at Yeah. like the 48 minute mark you like moved your head a little bit Yeah, I, I'm kind of moving around. I'm leaning back. I'm leaning forward. I, I've have my pant leg rolls up, rolled up, and sometimes it, Sometimes the my calves have been got have gotten into frame. I'm sorry. yeah if you're if you're a female listening to this and you learned through this pod that chris and i are both taken i'm sorry Yeah, I know it's you wanted really going us so to drop bad. the the female uh, Yeah. listenership there. It was really <laughs> high before I'm so that. sorry that you had to learn. I know you wanted us so bad, clearly. Yeah, We're it not really. we're not weirdos who talk about like free integration baseball. Yeah, I mean. I'm sure I'm sure if if anybody listened to us that just brings our our value in the dating game up so much but Yeah. yeah unfortunately um unfortunately taken man yeah um if you want to follow us on social media still after that news follow me on Twitter Echo underscore Gian to follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore Curran. And follow the show on Instagram Yeah. at Above Replacement Radio. Our our DMs are open, but only for baseball inquiries only. Uh, correct. Yes. Yeah. Make that clear. Um, all right. And uh, we hope you enjoy this one. And we hope to see you next time. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> we hope to see you next time. By We'll the end of 2022, yeah, we'll we'll at least. be We'll be talking to you about the uh, League Division series, but don't know in what context. They could have ended. They could. We could be in the middle of it. We could be in the middle of We the have next no round idea. of playoffs. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but we will see you then. This conversation. This conversation is over. Is over.